grilled oyster brown butter horseradish, but you don't know what that means. <laughs> Counting Spot, Standard 8, 72, 42, 23.1. Welcome aboard the Starship Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the ride of cinema sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, she makes sure that the lips on the view screen match what the Universal Translator is saying. It's Ambassador Danae. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what I do. I can't believe it's taken me that long to make to make that reference because it's the it's one of the biggest things that's always bugged me about the Universal Translator is that okay cool it translates what's being said but how does it make the lips match up to the English words as well? Well, have you been paying attention to AI? Uh, I, oh shit! And deep fake. You're right. We can basically, but can you do that in the moment? Like, of course. Oh, this is the future. Years from now, you can. Yeah. Yeah. I bet yeah. You can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We live in a terrifying time. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that could happen. Uh-huh. The ones with the pre- Anyway, we're not going to go down that road. It's fucking terrifying. Hi, everyone. Hi, we know everybody. famous people are listening to our show today. <laughs> so, uh, so, so thank you for the thank you for being here um, and hello, listening Terry. to our podcast. Um, hello. No, no pressure. Terry M. We're not going to change what we do. <laughs> we might just fumble a little more. As we we're are starstruck. On the fact that Terry Metalis liked a tweet that we were mentioned in. Not one of our tweets. Nope. A tweet that yep. season three of Picard Possible. was tagged in. Potential. And we were also tagged in. Maybe. So, thank you. Hey, listen, there's more hey, famous Terry. people listening we don't even know about. We, 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 there is a, there is, statistically, there is probably one, one famous person that listens to the show regularly. Judging by our numbers, I would say. Which should encourage all of the non-famous people like ourselves because we outnumber them (laughs) yes exactly and remember you are worth just as much as a famous person if not slightly more i don't know what that means they all look down and see they're in a red shirt like "Uh uh-huh sure oh shit shit. um right well this week we are going into season three episode two of picard disengage you knew the title yeah i put it up on the screen shit oh yeah it's on that Um, screen too (laughs) (laughs) last week we embark on a new adventure after picard gets a distress call from beverly they kidnap a ship kind of with seven's help um much to the chagrin of our lovely new captain shaw an entire starfleet building of some sort is now thinking with portals permanently and we are left with the titan nose to no it's the ilios that Ilios was the name of the ship. Or oh, Elios? God damn it, I looked this up. Elios. Elios sounds right. Elios sounds right. Anyway, yeah. that ship is now nose to nose with the new alien vessel. The Am- spider vessel. Ambassador, after an excellent opening episode. What do you think is going to happen this week? What are your predictions? Man, I don't know. But I'm reminded Disengage. of a really incredible meal that I had once. It was like I this really hope t- this has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> it's, you just want to mention this meal. It was this tasting uh, thing at this restaurant called Bastion mm. in uh, in Nashville. So CinemaSins had our 10th anniversary dinner and we sat down and this is one of those weird experiences where you know you're having a once in a lifetime moment oh, where you're eating sure. at this oh. restaurant that's really nice. And it was so outside of my comfort zone because... They're bringing these like little bite-sized things to you that you've never seen before. And mm-hmm. the menu doesn't really tell you. It says grilled oyster, brown butter, horseradish, but you don't know what that means. <laughs> Try saying that 10 times fast. Uh, No. 
but uh, the the first thing that I uh, that I tried, which was that oyster dish, like, again, those words are cool. Just like all the words of Star Trek, you know, describing Episode One, sound cool. But then it's like when you experience it that you you realize, oh, it's just a really great like every single flavor was brought to the perfect place and then mm. all mixed wonderfully together. Yeah, it did. And so oh. I loved that first dish and then I got nervous because there was still so much tasting to go and I don't know what the next one was beef tenderloin mustard yuzu. I don't know what that's going to be, right? Like and some I don't of them were know. Raw. Like a lot of it was right. like this is a raw strip of beef. This is a raw fish. And I'm right. like, this- okay. We just cool. peeled this off of an animal. Here you are. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I feel like that's but cheating. they obviously kind of infused flavors in it, but we don't know. I didn't know what that meant, but it was one of the most incredible restaurant experiences. Not because I was, I mean, I was tasting the most incredible food, but it was so well crafted and cared for. And we got to watch the chefs put every single dish together from the beginning to the end. And they did it with such care and such craft. So I'm kind of feeling like Picard's, season three is like the same experience like i'm nervous mm. i'm excited about what's coming next i don't know what it's gonna be confident but that I'm the chefs know what they're doing exactly because that mm-hmm. first one was so good yeah. but i'm still not like well maybe the next one's not gonna be very good but it could be and we're about to find out so i don't know i'm hoping this is like the bastion of star trek for me I, I hope this is, I hope it's so many things. I hope it's an awesome goodbye. I hope it's a brilliant launching pad for a new series in the 2400s. I will not stop. I will not get off of that horse until we have it. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm so optimistic based on that first episode. Um, I really am. I, are you nervous about it? So continuing going on with this Bastion mm. theme, because I'm just like, well, I guess I'm hungry is one part. But there was this one uh, round of food and it was it was called black garlic cauliflower coffee. Yes, and I remember. Yeah, there's some of it that makes me really nervous. Those words should not go together, but they did, and they tasted delicious. Are you nervous about anything so far? Because it was so good. Episode was one was so good. Uh-huh. Episode two is it going to be a beef tender a tendon or is it going to be <laughs> black garlic or is it going to be a bit of McDonald's? Um, I. <laughs> I am a tiny bit, I'm putting my fingers up to the camera to show you how tiny I am afraid. I'm okay. a tiny bit afraid about Raffi and Seven because okay. I like them as a couple. I don't like what this show has done with them as a couple, especially in like season two. That, that's where I have a little bit of a concern. My other concern, and I think it's inevitable, is we have the crew together arguing. So we have like Worf that's reluctantly there, Beverly that's reluctantly there, Geordie that's like, I want to go back to my museum. I'm a little bit Every story needs tension. It absolutely needs it. I just hope it feels organic and natural because the more tension you build up, the more you have to justify why they eventually decide to get together. It can't be like this huge blowout and then everything is kind of, hey, we're back together now. And I do have faith that they're going to be fine. Just my experience of movies and TV shows is that you have to get over the awkward, oh, we hate each other, and then they get back together. And we know that that tension is built in with Beverly disappearing for some reason. I just, I hope that they're not too estranged. Inside me, I just want my lovely TNG crew to have a last final vacation together. Have you ever been to a, a reunion, like a school reunion or anything? No, I hated school, passionately. <laughs> so did I. But I've gone to some reunions. And there are just some relationships that you see them and you're like, we have a lot of history 
but we're just going to pretend none of that happened and get along for this night. I hope that's what they do with Picard if there is tension. Like if they are going to do the yeah. seven and Rafi tension on top of Beverly tension, on top of potential mm-hmm. tension with everyone else, like you mentioned. So hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully it won't, it, hopefully it'll be a really lovely little pairing. I'm, I'm, I'm hungry though. So can we just not do the show and go eat? Is that okay? Let's go eat. Let's go eat. And I've okay. already had to wait 12 hours. I may as well wait another. No, we're watching it now. <laughs> I would like to say something we did neglect last week was the lovely tribute at the end of the episode oh, um, we for did Annie. Talk about Annie that. Worsham. I thought we did. Um, we we did in the outtakes, but it. I wanted to give it a more oh, like the show proper. Yeah, in the show proper. Yeah. Um, yeah, she did. Uh, our lovely ball queen from last season did pass away after oh, battling cancer. We love her so much. She is the best. She is muchly missed. With that, let's head over to the holodeck to watch the episode, and we'll see you suckers in ten forward. Why You're not suckers. I love suckers. it. I don't. It was in the moment. I regret why you, it. Like, why Truth are you be so mad. aggressive? Welcome to Ten Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched. Most important, important question first, Ambassador. What is your beverage of choice? Ooh. Right, because you ask this question every week, and I should super be ready for it at this yeah, point. Yeah. Oh my god, you're about to ask me to recap. Oh yeah, shit! Yeah, I know, I know. Uh huh. Quick, oh what do you god. want to replicate it? Quick. Okay, listen, uh, uh, like Romulan ale for the first time because Excellent. it was there. It's also it was, not it the makes first sense. time. I think that's what we to pick every other week. No, <laughs> have I ever said Romulan you, ale? I, Maybe early on. At least somebody has. Yeah. Well, I want well, the yeah. eye spray that goes into your eye. It's like the you druggy eye spray. Drugs? Yeah, fuck it. Why not? I want space drugs. Let's do Sweet. it. Cool. Okay, right Ambassador, synopsisize us what happened this week. <laughs> oh, shit. Look of fear uh, in your eyes. It's beautiful. In this episode of Picard season three called Disengage. Fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm fucking professional right now. Um, well, Let's just focus on the B plot first. Good. R- Rafi is rafi it up on yeah. a ruffian planet where she is roughly experiencing the ramifications of... The ruffifications. Ruffifications of the ruffling of Starfleet feathers. Ooh, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Um, <clears throat> she decides that she can't resist the temptation to follow yet another conspiracy theory web of lies, potentially. And so she risks her life to find out if a bad guy is... A really a bad guy and if so what kind of bad guy he is and if he's just gonna tell her how bad he actually is mm-hmm. resulting in the great reveal of the murder hobo wharf yeah get it wharf get it get it wharf meanwhile on the edge of federation space stuff outside of Fe- yeah there's a nebulous of course causing Nebula. shenanigans to happen that limit reasons for them to be able to are I'm them being uh, the other people on the A plot t- to do things that save their life easily. <clears throat> God, this is really hard. Okay, bad ship is badass, suspiciously badass, led by potentially one of the greatest villains of all time. Uh, the, the good ship, which is also the medium bad ship, but good ship, the Titan has yeah, Titan has some stuff going on inside of it, which could all be resolved with a very fast DNA test. But yeah. <laughs> right. we'll get to that and uh-huh. more on today's episode of Picard. Brilliant. Really feel you like did it. You did great. I, I really feel like I should prepare. You did great. One week you will, uh. and then I'll take over, and it'll be fine. 
Okay. Amazing. Overall thoughts and feelings, Ambassador. Did you like episode two? Did you like where it took us, where it's going, where we where where mm. where we are, where we're beaming, not beaming. You know, inhibiting. this is this was a good episode. I kind yeah. of mentioned in the in the um the beginning before we got started, I was kind of comparing it to being confused about what I was about to eat at a restaurant. And there were some bite-sized morsels that I was like, the fuck was that? I don't know if mm. I like that black garlic cauliflower Tater coffee waffle. combination yeah. but then i did not like that for the record i, I was not a fan <laughs> but then there's like another option that just takes you back and to me the part of this that i wasn't quite enjoying was rafi mm-hmm. and i have some notes about that when we kind of get into this you know the specifics of the show um but yeah this episode is like kind of like one of those where there's a reason that the ship can't move. And so there's a lot of interpersonal conversations going on. And I think that overall, this season is going to need this episode to kind of establish some relational elements uh, together, especially with Shaw and Seven. Um, And I think I overall really enjoyed it. And the reason I really enjoyed it was the bad guy, Captain Lady. She's fucking amazing. And... Like, like sh- just outshines every single Static. thing happening in this episode. Yeah. If she wasn't there, I don't know that I would like this episode as much because she's so juicy. Mm-hmm. And I think that the episode ends really interestingly with the beginning of a chase, kind of meaning that the momentum slowdown of this episode, it's showing us that it's trying to speed up into the third. And I'm all for it. So, yeah, I think I liked it. What about you? incredible ending to the episode like what that's a really bold way to end and then get us pumped for the next episode um, <laughs> yeah. i i really liked it i have pretty much similar thoughts i think i liked the raffi stuff a little bit more than you but it was the part that felt the most i get why we're here but get on with it i'm also kind of and it sounds horrible because she is acting her ass off as well she is holding scenes on her own she's on her own in the ship She's yeah. being forced to exposition to us a lot. Like we're getting a lot of the juicy stuff from her and a lot of the, here's what the the makeup of Starfleet intelligence is at the minute. And here's what we're worried about. And here's the bullshit that I have to get through. Yeah, And then wading through the weeds of her family life again. And then the drugs and stuff. And it's, it is such a huge contrast to the spaceship stuff that we've got going on, which is the spaceship stuff that we've wanted for three years of doing this show like this is the stuff we want to get back to so it i think i am fingers crossed i think overall when we look back on it it'll work mm-hmm. but it, it is the bit of the episode we're like can we get back to the title um <laughs> but of course uh, wolf showing I up i really like the was, ship <laughs> was chef's kiss and was incredible um but yeah the rest of the episode i i probably was a little bit impatient with the dancing around the question that everyone's dancing around and demanding that no one dances around it but you're actually dancing around it while you're insisting you don't dance around it i am so relieved so relieved that they didn't hold on to that twist for any longer i'm glad they gave it to us it was still a bit long (laughs) it was still it somehow still Still felt a bit long long, Mm -hmm. but overall i think the story they're crafting is really really fun it's great and yeah amanda Plummer, daughter of christopher Plummer who is one of the other best bad guys in the history of Star Trek. And we watched The Undiscovered Country together um, when we did the episode with Jeremy. And he's the bald Klingon. Um, so we, it was the original series, 
the last original series movie. So it was weird that you were jumping in at their very, very last film and Kirk and McCoy are on that ice planet because there's been like a cloaked ship that's blown up the Klingon's ship and then there's a bald Klingon and he's like evil and I guess who's coming to dinner and they do the Shakespeare stuff. Anyway, he's an awesome bad guy and he would quote Shakespeare a lot. Anyway, awesome bad guy. That actor's daughter is playing um, uh, Vadik. Vadik, yeah. Captain Vadik? Yeah, being an evil person runs in their family. (laughs) hell fucking yes. I mean, way to slay. Mm. Was that your favorite part of this episode? Was was that was it also Vadic? Yeah, yeah, no, I, okay. absolutely. The way like she describes her ship and her line delivery is deliberately. It has all of these affectations, and she just sounds like a French grandma that's just oh, like man. swinging on her porch, just like shooting squirrels. She's so great, and is a little <laughs> bit insane, but doesn't realize she's yeah. talking to a spaceship. <laughs> oh, that that last kind of movement where. Oh. The Titan engages and and then goes and zips into the nebulous, and she's just laughing she's and a having whole the best run. She's like, I'm, "Oh, this I'm is exciting!" You, you know, run. this is great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what a great. I'm getting chills thinking about it because you know you have only so many lines to emulate, mm-hmm. and they gave her just the juiciest dialogue. She had some incredible mm-hmm. lines, like when she when she cuts in early, she's like. TikTok of the clock. Mm. Let me, but you know, while you're deciding, let me introduce you to my ship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she'd already like lowered her shield so you can just take a look at yeah, like what we got going poo. on. We're going to list every then, weapon that you've ever heard mentioned in Star Trek. Then she like says essentially this, bur- this, this, is it Shrek? Shrink? Shrike. Shrink? Shrink? Shrike. Is a, a bird that will basically pick at its enemies and I'm going to pick you apart. Little by little, just piece by piece. And just want you to think about that while you decide whether or not to give me what I want. Bye! <laughs> it's just so good. It's so good. And it is over the top. I, I think it's definitely like mustache twirly and extremely, extremely evil bad guy is going to be evil bad guy. I hope she gets some more nuance as we go on. Um, I'm pretty confident that we will. Um, I'm hoping that it's... It's not one note kind of evil for the sake of being evil. I hope we get, I hope she has a reason beyond being a bounty hunter because we know that we've been told she's a bounty hunter. I'm hoping she has something more behind yeah. it, something more Let, than just wanting the money for Jack Crusher. Let's dig into that just a bit because there's yeah, also there's also the Seven of Nine kind of referencing that there is this ship that she knows about from when she was in the ranger days Mm. that has a lot of uh, Starfleet weapons and more. Mm. Um, And so I think they are building into something, you know, bigger. And also when you think about how they're going to tie in this massive ship and this person that they're just, you know, giving so much character to, how are they going to tie that over to Rafi and Worf and this underground thing and the weaponry? Like certainly they're going to tie them together somehow. So this could be the formation of how they're going to dot, 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 dot. We're going to be along for the ride no matter what. Um, I'm still hoping that when they do connect the dots, that it's kind of fun and not like, finally, can we just stop doing this now? The back and forth yeah, with Rafi and Yeah, we've seen such. this story before and we're kind of tired of it. Um, yeah, just so like I the- think you're right. The work I think there's something done, more to it. I, I'm pretty, I'm confident there is. I hope so. Um, I 
the, the first two episodes, like how much work have they done in the first two episodes to introduce us back into the world? What like kind of the the state of what Starfleet intelligence is looking at, what this potential terrorist is doing, and then introducing us to a new crew, which I already feel super familiar. Like the bridge crew, they've done a great job with them. I already feel comfortable and familiar with the Titans crew. Reminds me of Strange New Worlds. How we introduced, um, got introduced to them. Really, really strong first two episodes. Um, let's uh, while we're still in the the region of Rafi, um, let's do it. Worf, what an outstanding way to introduce Worf. It's kind of the only way to bring him back in. Just turns up and starts slicing up fools. Um, how awesome did that feel? How great was that? He's one of your favorites. Oh, I love Worf. Yeah, I in the outtakes you will hear my reaction to seeing Worf. Mm-hmm. murder people on screen yeah because um, it was it just burst out of me of course well, just um, white hair flowing everywhere well i feel like so so the second that the weapon pierced through the body directly towards camera and it was angled specifically i knew it was wharf because it was his blade which i can't remember mm. the name of because i'm not that well it's actually versed. it's new for this series and i'm so annoyed because i know he has the bat left the mech left and I can't remember what this one is called, but the it's mat, one that the he's bet, designed. And the the whoop. It's like a decleth or something. I'm gonna Google treble, it. Tell me how much you like. Treble clef. I adore him, and so I saw this weapon, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's worth." Curleth. And then because what? It's a curleth. Curl curleth. Got a batleth, a mechleth, and a curleth. A curleth with a teeth. Curleth. K U R apostrophe L E T H. Curleth. Yeah, I'm not gonna remember that in 12 seconds, but cool. That sounds awesome. You the eyes of a kick. Because I had seen the images of his white eyebrows and white, mm. you know, mustache and and whatever whatever his facial hair structure is called, I also mm-hmm. am not familiar with how to define a beard. <laughs> he has a goatee. I knew it was Worf instantly, but then just to watch it and be like, man, he is so badass. Like, mm-hmm. how much fun did I have watching somebody be decapitated? A lot. <laughs> You giggled. What is- you giggled like a tiny little child. You're like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> the Ferengi died. Uh, I don't know. It's just so fucking cool to see his face again and to see his badassery again mm. and to think like you were right. That was her handler. And oh, so, it's, yeah, I bet you couldn't unread it when when they were yeah. talking this time. I bet you were like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course it's worth now. And I'm glad that it that was there, but and I'm glad that he showed up. And when there was this like moment, so uh, earlier, you know, obviously in the episode, uh, we're learning that Starfleet is saying, "Hey, we're not looking into this weapon anymore. We have our guy. It's done." And Rafi's like, "That smells like a conspiracy theory to me because here's all mm. the reasons this doesn't make sense." And she's, you know, dialoguing to this mysterious handler, completely missing that she herself could be in danger it's actually one of the things i like about rafi is that she has nothing to lose mm-hmm. and a lot of these characters well, have head, something to lose she doesn't like she she literally feels like she has nothing she doesn't have family she doesn't like she's just like this is all she has is proving that she's right but i love and that that's kind I love of that it's kind of proved how much in her head that is because there is always a chance of a relationship with her son she drops everything goes there with her ex-husband, whatever. There was that little window there and she still can't ignore it. And the, yeah. the kind of, I don't know if it's a sin or not, but 
I didn't like how her husband was was kind of implying that this is a choice. Sometimes addiction isn't a choice. Like it's not as easy for her to just say, "I'm not going to do this. I'm going to be with my family." That's not how addiction works. It's not how bad thought patterns work. It might just be so impossible for her to break out of that. And I I hope that's more of a character trait of her husband rather than what the show thinks about Rafi because she isn't mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways where she isn't making a choice here. It's just this compulsion that she has to pursue. And it's not necessarily the addiction of drug, it's the addiction of thought. She exactly. cannot she break gets out. She tied up in webs so easily and she has to find the solution. I think that because we got to see her in two previous seasons, this is a character trait that is just completely on point. I totally believe it. I completely mm-hmm. believe that she's yeah. lost in this. I don't understand why Worf saves her. I'm curious about that because it seems like, you know, Starfleet would, if there's a rogue person that's going to go get themselves into trouble, you just cut ties and then they take care of themselves as if this is kind of like the dark Mm. underbelly of Starfleet. So I'm kind of curious what Worf is up to. Like, what does this say about not only who he's working for in Starfleet, but Mm. what they stand for? Because we're kind of being told that there's like, kind of two parts of starfleet there's the good guys of starfleet then there's Mm -hmm. this dark underbelly of starfleet and Worf was sort of on the fringe for me or this handler person rather was on the fringe for me because obviously they're kind of sending rafi in to do some stuff and saying disengage like you're gonna die the the whole back and forth of like 117 people have died and Worf is like 118 if you don't quit it and so i love that line so much (laughs) me too so yeah so i really um i was really kind of curious about that but i have to say even though the b plot for me is pulling me away from where i want to be Mm -hmm. there was still some really strong stuff in there not just Worf, and not this interesting idea that a, a a addictive character can take an important role and have a journey because I'm I'm in it for Rafi. I actually I don't mind what they're doing with Rafi. It doesn't annoy me too much. It's yeah. just distracting from where I would rather be in yeah. a way. I, I, I think, think upon reflection, I'm gonna love it. Yeah, but I adored that Ferengi. I, I mm. felt like that was a real Ferengi. Like I've uh, my felt like an episode of TNG. And kind of I, I don't know. I feel like the Ferengi that I'm used to are sort of like um, comedy relief mm-hmm. and they're the butt of the joke and, and they have a butt on their head too. So it's great. But this felt like the real dangerous Ferengi. That scene with Rafi and the Ferengi where he was so far ahead of her, so intelligent. I just, I really loved that. What was his name? S- something Ski? Sneed. 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 This is, really a, this is what Sneed. I feel like the Ferengi were supposed to be, then accidentally got turned into the comic relief. Then Deep Space Nine did some deeper work with them, but they were still kind of, the Ferengi episodes were still kind of the, oh, ha ha, we've got a Ferengi episode this week. This is what I feel like they were meant to be, like really vicious, um, capitalist, mm. um, just super duper self-serving. Um, and of course, you've always got the the like kind of diversity in every culture where not all of the Ferengi are bad, but there's something right. about them that leads them to this underground kind of lifestyle. Um he well, was yeah. great. Love the prosthetics, love the look it of him so as well. Good. So he had good. the tattoos going on. Yeah, some scars. Just, and they weren't like big sort of ornate tattoos. They mm-hmm. were really intricate. Like I, I can see them meaning something. Yeah. Had his just, like stubble as well. I was like, this is a living, breathing Ferengi. Yeah. It's mo- oh. It was good. Just so, so good. and Well in- acted. Super well. 
That's a great point. Really well acted because um, this is an actor that 12 Monkeys fans will have seen before. Hidden beneath all of that prosthetic makeup is, and I've just lost, is Aaron Stanford, who plays James Cole, who is the lead character. He is future Jesus in um, 12 Monkeys. So obviously Terry Metalis gave him a ring and said, hey, do you want to be a Ferengi that gets killed by a Klingon? And he's like, fuck yeah, I do. So nice little Easter egg in the casting as well. Um, really, really, really fun. I um I liked also that we very quickly kind of get to the end of uh this. I mean, hopefully the end of this part of Rafi's being on a drug planet kind of thing. Like I feel like they're also just like they kind of ended. Is is Jack or is Jack not Picard's son? Mm. Where that's wrapped up on episode two. Also wrapped on episode two is this kind of like Rafi in the drug kind of area. I feel like if it went on to another episode, mm. I'd be like, okay, I want to leave now. Yep, I want something um, nice for Rafi, please. And so it didn't become Sneed giving her or whatever the the next clue to go to the next place to get in, you know, even deeper into the mystery of who did this. She mm. goes in, she's all in, she risks it all, she... It tries to go toe to toe with this person doesn't do very well, uh, honestly. And she's just kind of like trying to find in the information. There with half a plan, just a, yeah. a half a tiny bit of a plan, and it backfires. <laughs> yeah, I know you don't work for this guy because he's dead. Here's his Here's head. His head. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, just um, you know, chilling with the wine in the back. Yeah. Um, and I thought that that was really cool. I liked. Oh, and I thought the scene looked awesome as well. Sort of this like super hangout mm. area where you have the drug lord in his own booth that's yeah. well lit with interesting things to look at everywhere it was I, I don't know the set would just looked fantastic i was having a great time even though i wanted to get back on the ship mm-hmm. i really loved that scene no i so totally agree with you well, i wouldn't i wouldn't back. feel right not saying that about rafi's story is there anything else about rafi's story that we wanted to talk about before we go to the other parts um no just that section 31 is mentioned so you've got starfleet which is like the exploratory branch um and the military branch you've got starfleet intelligence which does like threats domestic and otherwise and then section 31 which doesn't officially exist this is the Taushiar kind of underbelly of starfleet which isn't sanctioned can kind of work around the laws that now everyone kind of actually knows about so where mm. starfleet will do some extreme um and starfleet intelligence will do some things to get where it needs to go section 31 will break all of the rules and torture people and do whatever it needs to get to the truth so i, I kind of am interested to see how much maybe wharf is dealing with section 31 now mm. um but yeah, that's, there's lots of directions I would love Section 31 to go. And they just really gave those lines to Sneed, Sneed really well, yeah. I felt. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, you stink of Starfleet, yeah. you stink of this, you stink of that, uh, you stink of 31. He was and great. even though I didn't know what 31 was, it just mm-hmm. kind of like laid out what potentially is happening with yeah. uh, Rafi's connections specifically. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, I'm glad I she's safe. It. I'm glad I she's did. getting looped in pretty quickly. Um, let's get back to the Titan. And I am going to start with my one hiccup. And it's not, not a sin. We'll get into the sins later. But my one overall plot thing of, yes, it's Picard's son. I'm happy with that. I actually, I love that. Like, you know what? No, I'm going to start with a positive, goddammit. Beverly and Picard at the end of this episode, the eye contact between them the unspokenness of that scene just in her eye he asks the question she answers with her eyes he responds goes to action that was like 
it as a writer it makes me feel useless because i'm just like oh we don't actually need words <laughs> we can just we're just gonna let people look at each other um, i need you I, to emote with yeah. all of the emote that oh, you can emote goodness. with and emote maybe, it, maybe press it out of your eyes maybe but it was big um i love that i thought it was beautiful however the stuff leading up to it i'm Riker pressing in and being like Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. You're not going to tell me? Tell me. Are you going to tell me? Are you going to answer about this or are you going to tell me? Nobody asks the question that we're all thinking and then they acknowledge that they're not asking the question. Um, there's just a lot of dancing around this big, big reveal. So while I'm happy we're done with it, there was a lot of that in this episode of dancing around the point. And if we'd have done a simple DNA test, then we would have figured this out immediately and but that's yeah. that's in the sins. But how did that hit you? The 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 interaction between Picard and Jack, um, Riker suspecting he knows but not knowing completely, and just the mystery of who Jack is, which is kind of what the pivot point of this episode is: is who is Jack? Is he worth who is Jack? Keeping? Um, yeah. So let's start with who I think Jack is. I think right now I believe that Jack is Picard's son. I yeah, believe so do I. that. Beverly and he had relations and this is probably the reason that Beverly bounced like I kind of assumed from before and that Beverly has been training Jack to be a great doctor and this is maybe even Star Trek introducing a new long-term character into their canon where if they are building like can you imagine it Titan actually has him as the doctor in some sort of series or something Because he has all of the telltale qualities, in my opinion, of a really interesting character uh-huh. to follow. Somebody who breaks the rules, somebody who pushes boundaries, somebody who apparently, uh, if he has, I think, what did he say at one point in time? Like, if he has enemies, it's smugglers and gangsters and fathers of a lot of women. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> he kind of has that thing going for yeah. him, too, where he's just this wild child, but th- that his mother taught him everything she knows. So I think mm. we're seeing Star Trek's version of a legacy character that gets to be the embodiment of Picard and Beverly in some way. And so I, I can't imagine that he would exist only in the third season of Picard. But if he does and he's just here for a time, I really do wonder if they're going to focus a lot on the dynamic of who he is throughout the rest of this season so that the people watching this beloved content can release Picard and Beverly and focus their adoration onto yeah. the like maybe the the arc of his story in this season three of Picard. Like maybe he's going to start off pretty rebellious and then find his footing. And maybe seven of nine is like, Hey, I understand what it's like to be rebellious, but sometimes you have to join Starfleet and just do some (laughs) shit you don't want to do. You know, like I can see them trying Uh to almost like put this framework in place where Starfleet isn't all bad. We have some gray area. You can be part of that too. And just like develop this next sort of epic era. I do believe, yeah, that he is his son. There was this moment where he looked up at camera and just the shape of his almond eyes, I was like, oh my God, that does kind of look like like Patrick Stewart. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. And I, though it was heavy handed, Will Riker kind of being like, you see it, right? And then just over and over, like, Mm. just in case anyone didn't want to believe, just like really smashing it over our heads. Yeah, it was a lot, wasn't it? But at the same time, if you have 30 minutes to decide the fate of somebody who could be your son and you don't want to say it out loud, but you do want to hint at it strongly, it would make sense that Riker would be like, do you see it? Do you see what I see? 
because it is a big deal. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. I'm on the fence about it. I'm okay mm-hmm. with it. This is how they want to do it. And they they wanted to give the line to Picard, which I thought was interesting. It wasn't Beverly's actual physical line. It was mm-hmm. Picard's line at the end and then yeah. became the very reason that we are saving ourselves <laughs> and, and is... It was Shaw immediately He's dissolved. Like, oh shit! God damn it! I guess I'm not giving up Picard's son because he is just like there's no way I can get away with like any last slip of conscience I had. I he's now buried inside because this is actually his son. I can't give him up. Fuck! I guess we're fighting, and I I kind of love that resolution. Like it is a bit hand wavy. It's a little bit convenient, but I also buy it that sh- even Shaw, who we know is he has his like hard lines he's like well shit i guess i'm not getting away with it i do want to say too though that i think that the writers in the direction does a very interesting thing by not giving us a lot of the thought process here in the moment they have such little time to exchange so Mm -hmm. much information so to give it silence because picard when he was looking at jack in the brig Mm. he looked and and jack said i don't have a father it almost like killed Picard. Like you could, the way that I'm interpreting Patrick Stewart's acting is really interesting. And I don't know if I'm picking up what is intended, but there just was so much emotion. And then whenever Beverly and he are just like looking back and forth to each other and he's accepting that he's a father and he's accepting that like he, it's like finding out that you have a son, knowing that you haven't been there, not understanding Mm -hmm. there's so much pain yeah, of that course. I think he's emoting and then acceptance and then I don't have time to feel this shit. Mm. Shut it down. Let's go. And so I don't know. I thought it was really fucking cool. I don't mind it. I, I don't really mind love it. that. What I and I think I think if you're gonna go with this secret and you're gonna go with a Picard's son storyline, I I think this is one of the only ways that you have to do it. Like the Riker nodding to the audience. Like the Riker is us at the minute. Like. They have deliberately written Riker's, I think, deliberately written Riker's lines to be the audience saying, you see it, right? Why is nobody addressing this? Can we Can we all just, we all know what we're saying here, but we're not saying it. So I do like making Riker the surrogate for us, but it still means that you're aware of the guessing game that you're putting us through and how it's a bit cliche and a little bit tropey. So I'm glad we've, I'm glad we've done it. I'm like you, I'm on the fence. I'm a little bit tired of the it's my son surprise fatherhood it's been done but i 100 percent how you can't understand how you can't resist giving picard a progeny giving him mm-hmm. a legacy in the future so that the picards don't die with him because that's always been as a fan it's something that's bugged me it's like hey why can't we just have us have something that carries on picard like it's natural to us we want to carry on our line and it's been a thing that has bugged picard so i'm not surprised they did it and i'm not really surprised about the way they did it either but it's not my it's not my favorite thing until we get to the resolution and it's like right done action let's go yeah it's like it's like they did i think they did a, a good job of delivering what they wanted to deliver in the time crunch that they made us because this episode is all about going against the clock. Uh, they mm. have the ticking clock in every scene pretty much where we're just like, uh, like we only have so much time to have a conversation. If this had happened in any other way, there would be very long conversations to be had. Oh, of course. But yeah. they really want to avoid all of that and long just scans get... in sick bay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a very, very interesting episode. It, it, 
and I have to say too, something that that feels really doomy about their situation, not only being against a big ship, but mm. against a big ship that knows a lot about Starfleet too. Yeah. Uh, we have we have this captain who not only knows who's on board, but instantly knows the psychological evaluations of Shaw. Oh my. Like, this person yeah. has information that they shouldn't have. So And the Gollum status of um Picard. So yes, they could be just a simple bounty hunter that's looking to grab Jack, but Jack has also been hunted by Starfleet, Klingons, and other people, I think, that were referenced. So there's something going on here, and they're like caught in this really interesting web. And so to to put to be like Picard, you have a son, it's almost this interesting way of mind wiping the audience to forget the dangers that's going on too. Mm. And so I really hope it doesn't become a let's just focus on Jack and Picard and Beverly and Riker's relationship, but they're trying to do something really interesting here. They have given a new enemy a lot of information. And so I hope that they do the intrigue thing too for the fans. Like I hope it's a good balance is what I'm yeah. saying. Of I hope she's worthy. Story I, that, and the... also like this intrigue of what they're doing with Starfleet. We want villains that are worthy, um, which will actually, I'll, I'm just going to make a note of a Okay do it um while you're doing that i Done. i i like that we're starting like with the jack thing mm. the other interesting thing i think that they did with jack is they start off this episode by saying two weeks ago and then they're like open up on space with like some music playing and it felt so star lord to me and jack <laughs> is also very star lord yeah, you know 99 less of a dick <laughs> you don't know that i don't like star lord it's just a given. Jack is pretty sassy, though. He's so sassy, but in a likable way. Like, start, I'm not going to get into a Star Lord debate. I would not be dragged into semantics. Um, but I'm just saying that they, so they're sassy. giving a vibe. They're giving a vibe they are, here. They absolutely are. It's a frontier medicine. And this is something I really, really love, is that Beverly has always loved the idea of frontier medicine. Like Her grandmother mm. was always, I, I think her mother, was always on the edges of Starfleet, like helping planets in need. That were like that didn't have the resources. That's the shit she loves. So I kind of love that she's out there for the last twenty years with her son doing frontier medicine, like on the on the edge and just like helping people. It, it is one hundred percent consistent with what yeah. we know about Beverly. I love it. Um, but yeah, I love how sassy he is, and his lines are so well written. There, yeah, I think it's really fun. And that whole opening scene, you know, didn't last too long. I didn't feel, and great, then no, we all great pacing. It basically is they go to this planet that has this Galarian sort of disease. There's all these people that are dying. And then there's also some like intrigue where he's going to give the Fenris Rangers weapons so that they can mm. go in and fight the other bad guys who are essentially using the pandemic to yeah. wipe out people. Just putting his thumb on the scales a little bit. And so it, it it changes it because there's a lot of information in just such a short conversation mm. about we're not just giving medical supplies. We're also weaponizing people to help in this other way. So it's not just medicine. And I think that's where Jack is probably going to be more of a dangerous kind of character. Mm -hmm. um, that entry le uh, ends with, I believe it was the Fenris Ranger because he said it was the Fenris Rangers. Yes. Ends with the Fenris Ranger saying reach out to the marked woman because we found him mm. so mm -hmm. they're working with this woman and calling her the marked woman so i just I, and she I, seems to be working with everybody, everybody because he said that the klingons were after me starfleet were after me and the fenris rangers were after me and now it's her so 
she has her fingers in so many pies um which is what I'm loving. I think she's going to be so much more than a bounty hunter. Um, and yeah, I, I also her. thought that they did a good job of showing the parts of Jack that are like the the baseline of his character because he's mm-hmm. going to go turn himself in to the detriment oh, of his own person yeah. to save his mom, which I love it. further solidifies that for that split second where we're like, Jack really isn't Jack. He was just, you know, posing as Beverly's son. No, oh, he yeah. really is. Beverly's I didn't son. buy that for a second. Um, yeah, it would have been super duper cheap, I feel. Um, I initially did Bork when it said two weeks ago because I'm like, <sighs> but then we're there for like three minutes and it was needed. It gave us some solo time with Jack to have some personality, figure out what him and Beverly, like a brief description of what they were doing um, and then how we got into this situation that we're in now. It was super duper efficient and I give this sh- this episode and this show so far so much grace because it's so well written. I am laughing out loud at so many lines. Basically, every word that Shaw delivers, almost everything that Jack says, it's just like the metaphors and just how they're conversing with each other isn't natural, but it is so witty and it's so on point. And it's just, it's fun to watch a well-written show. I love yeah, it. I really it do. really is. I think, one, so who are you saying your favorite quips are coming from? Uh, Shaw, all, all day long. Shaw is incredible. We're, yeah. in, we're we're cornered in space, even though space there has no corners. No corners. <laughs> yeah. He's just yeah, he's so quickly... done with this shit. He's, he's so done with this shit. I love it. Yeah. Like, Me too. I'm seeing like I'm seeing a little bit of feedback. I'm seeing a lot of feedback on on the Twitterverse and the internet. And people, do not let Twitter stress you out. Love what you love, please. But people aren't liking Shaw because he's antagonistic, and I get it. I do. But we I called love that him. last week. Because he's antagonistic for the right reasons. Like, not everyone has to like everyone. And I get it. You want He might be getting in the way of Picard and Riker doing their thing. But it's logical. He has his ship. He has his people. And I just love him as a character. He's so, like... He's not a dick for the sake of being a dick. He backs up everything that he says. But then when it comes down to doing, quote-unquote, the right thing, he acts definitively. He is so much like early picard like so so similar and he's like cisco as well cisco is a bit of a dick and i just think that if we're lucky enough to keep Shaw around we're gonna we're gonna have a real classic legacy captain on our hands he's so he's my favorite part of the show so far i i i agree i'm really interested in him because even though he might come off a bit wishy-washy you know he still he has certain standards and he'll like hold to it and then if he changes his mind he holds to this new thing and it's he's really difficult to sway um and i respect those kinds of characters even though sometimes they drive me crazy shaw right now isn't driving me crazy because it makes sense the to me the decisions he makes we talked about this a little bit last week like he is trying to do it by the books and he's a he's not nice about it but he doesn't have to be no, there is one decision he makes. There's one one argument that sways him that I think shouldn't, that we'll get to in the sins. Um, but overall, I and it is the actor. I'm not gonna pretend it's not Todd Stashwick doing the work here. Like it's well written, but I am just like, I might be in love. I'm just like glued to him whenever he is like talking and on screen. I'm just like, okay, Captain. And, like, <laughs> I'll shoot Picard. <laughs> it's like I would oh, I will follow you into battle. He's, yeah. he's incredible. He's my favorite part. I will gush, gush I feel about like him. Sometimes the sh- shows will lack that person that holds a line for the rules because for the for the sake of the adventure, 
will abandon things and you know picard will regularly stand for what's right and then this one he's standing for the to, for the for jack's right to a trial and not just to be handed over to be killed and and shaw is standing in the line of like the by the letter okay yeah but we are outside of federation space and so it's very clear that there are 500 people that i'm responsible for and jack is one and you are another one, Picard, and you're another one, Riker, At and seven. I, I will get rid of you four <laughs> yeah. to save my crew. And part of me is like, man, this guy would do it. And he he allows there to be conversation in the window that the show gives us that one hour. Uh, and you know the plot reveals itself that Jack will take things into his own hands and he will leave to go mm. transport himself off of the ship. And... That holds sway you know, with him. Like, he doesn't just toe the line and think, well, he's an asshole. I'm still, I'm going to give him up. He's going to be like, okay, he's not such an asshole, but I'm still going to let himself give him up because I'm going to kind of respect what he wants to do and it kind of benefits us. He delivers barbs and he's not mm. tactful. Like, he's just insanely direct. Uh, but Wait. I don't usually see that in my shows, so I'm intrigued no. by it and I like it. This is the kind of conflict I like. Like the emotional conflict, I get tired of so quickly because I'm a child. I'm sorry, I'm an emotional, emotionally bereft zombie. But this kind of conflict, where he's like, "Get off my bridge," I get that conflict. I understand it. Like I would be pissed off by exactly the same way. And just you uh, reminded me of like one of his barbs. Um, when <laughs> seven of nine is like, there is an admiral over there. And a captain over there, and he's just like, Commander, quit it. Like, you're just gonna you're gonna just gonna throw titles at me. I'm gonna remind you that you're beneath me, and it's mm -hmm. my word. Like, you're telling me things I know. It's not gonna change what I'm doing here. Um Yeah. Oh, um, so good. So good. Yeah, uh, let's see. What was another line I wrote down from Shaw that I really liked? Oh, when he goes, Oh, you boys are in so much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. that. I, I thought it. that was really funny Stay because he has tribunal. a sense of he has a sense of humor. He's not a robot like no. that. He's just delivering he rules. <laughs> he's sassy and he kind of mm -hmm. like you can tell he lives for the the drama a little bit. He, um, I think, one of his big character flaws is being a bit power mad because he holds yeah. his power over people so much. Like when um, Seven of Nine finds Jack, he's like, "Well, you may have got your commission back." He has the power of life and death over her career, and he like wags it back and forth so much. Um, I'm not saying it's a nice thing to do, but it is consistent. Um, I oh man, I love him. I think he's the best. Um, okay, I'm going to quickly gush about just the unseen enemy in this episode. And what no, I'm not done with Shaw. Oh, okay, carry on, go with it. Do it. More, give really? me more Shaw. <laughs> I'll do another hour on him. Let's go. No, I did. I'm going through my notes as you're talking, and I did come across a Shaw note, and I just mm. I'll, I'll mention it here before yeah. we move on to the to the other stuff, which is you know everything I feel, everything that a set designer does or makeup artist d does or whatever, it's all like with the intention of delivering something specific about a character. Mm. One of the other things I love about Shaw is his hairstyle, which I feel like what it's saying is. I just keep reaching up and scratching my head in confusion yes. and anger. Like yeah. it's like I can feel him just grabbing the front part where the like like little poof usually is, yeah. and just like pulling at it. Like he's pulling at his hair because he's so uh -huh. annoyed all the time. Because he just has this sort of like front poof. section right mm. at the top of his forehead that doesn't care. 
at all what it's doing. Mm. And I don't know if I don't know how on purpose it is, but I keep looking at it going, I feel that. <laughs> I know. You, like, I get it. Do you know it. what I mean? Uh-huh. No, I totally everybody's get it. hair is doing that. something very specific and his yeah. is just like I just got out of bed like perfect, and I don't like, care. Square helmet. Um, my hair yeah. is the last thing that I'm thinking about because there's too much shit going down on my ship. That's what his hair says. And I don't know if it's on purpose, but if we ever find out, no, if we ever I get to talk so. to anyone that does this show, uh-huh. I'm going to ask that question. I'm <laughs> trying to remember. Is Shaw's hair deliberate? Is uh, it deliberate? I, I think it has to be because um, Vadik says something about his psychological profile. He's got like the bags under his eyes, the stubbly beard. He looks exhausted. He's a man that is like either 10 seconds away from the edge or always on it. And he's just like, something's going to push him over. I want to see this man tested. I want to see him pushed to the edge. Um, it's He's he's fascinating to me. Well, okay, I, I, could, think, I could continue I think, about it. I think that's all. But I wanted to see if I had another like uh, Shaw thing. Mm, another Shaw quote. Uh-huh. I could write down every, every. Oh, the barb where Picard is like really edging Shaw on and saying like, you can bring the ship down. You can bring her down by simply <laughs> standing up. And then she comes on the screen and yeah. just gives him the whole like carrion bird thing, you know, mm-hmm. and and he he's like, way to stand up there, Admiral. Like, it's just <laughs> so funny to you me. Dick. Okay. He just gives no shits. Like he is. I don't care if you're a legacy character. I'm done. You're fucking with my ship. I do think that maybe the one thing I would change about his character is at the very end, he acquiesces very quickly and i'm kind of curious about oh, and i'm not talking that. about i love that he's like i understand we're fighting now but he still gives control of the ship to someone else and i'm like i just don't know if shaw would be like yeah here take my ship let's all die i don't know it just seems like a little bit of a stretch it's the fact that so i don't i don't think he's a petty man and as soon as it's revealed that that is that is right that is picard's son Riker's son why wow, that'd be a twist that that is picard's <laughs> son the the actions that the admiral picard takes are the same actions that Shaw would take. So he's not going to say, shut up, Admiral, I'm going to say the words. He's okay. like, he's resigned to it. And But I okay. get it. Like, I get you might think, hey, don't you give orders on my bridge. But at the same time, yeah. he's like, ah, oh, well, fuck, I guess we're doing this then. And he's on to the next problem. Let's go. Let's get into it. He said that was some terrific standing up, Admiral. That's so good. I finally but found I, it. I love the passion where he's just like, here's our ship. We're an exploratory vessel. This is not a dogfight that we win, people. Like, do the math. We are not. We are not winning this fight. Um, it's. Oh, I love his arguments. I love it. Okay. Anyway, moving on. The the point. The the next thing I love so much about this episode is this great bit of storytelling, which is the unseen enemy. So, mm. the the Shrike. Like Amanda Plummer isn't brought in until Shrink? like. Uh, Shrike. Shrike. I think it's Shrike. Shrike. Okay. Shrike. Amanda Plummer isn't brought in until like halfway through the episode, and we get a few sentences from her. And then she comes back kind of two thirds in and then at the very end. But for a good chunk of this episode, you just have the Shrike hanging over the Titan and just this unknown bad guy where they're guessing what's going on. And it's so intimidating. Like, mm. it's scary because you it's just hanging there. You don't know. There are no demands yet. There's no, other than blowing up the escape route, the shuttle, there's like a very nothing precise else. attack. Yeah. Very precise so that you can't escape. That's all. We know that you can't escape in the, the Ilios. Um, and it's just this great. It's like Hannibal Lecter. It's like Alien in the first Aliens film. Um, it's it's like all of these great bad guys that are just there, but they're unseen presences until they come in 
propel the plot along and then disappear again. I just thought that was really, really villained extremely well. I did too. I think that they just kind of built this villain in a new way and it felt really, really refreshing, even though it's terrifying. And can we talk about flinging a ship into a ship now? <laughs> what happened? Uh, they, they, they threw a ship they at us. They threw a ship at us. How is that even possible? <laughs> they did it. They grab on it. with this tractor beam Shwing. green thingy that yeah. just like dissolves. The like, cause whenever repulsor beam. Yeah. Yeah. Because when we, we had Picard, beautiful. Riker, and Jack, and uh, Beverly and her pod, Mm. inside that ship at the beginning and that what i assumed was a tracker beam but now i think it's actually a weapon was like doing oh, its, it's thing both. yeah it was really intense it was essentially just like crushing them yeah and then yeah. now it's like you know what we're gonna use this and we're gonna fling you this way and <laughs> then it yeah love mm-hmm. that yeah good bit of physical effects uh the title uh, physical effects the opposite of physical effects mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Special effects, that's the one. Bloody hell. That's the one. Uh, the Titan, it's just so pretty. There are some establishing so shots of the Titan. The external is so bright. I can see it. I can see the ship. It's so pretty. And in this episode, Beautiful. we get to do the cool thing where like, you're seeing, uh, oh, there's like a alert that goes up when Jack ex- escapes and they're all kind of like walking through the different hallways mm. to try to go find him. And so we're kind of exploring the areas of the ship a little bit yes. more. We're seeing the transporter room. Transporter we're seeing- room. Yeah, yeah. the hallways are there. Oh. We've got like, it's just these different places where everything's kind of like, we're, we're getting to kind of peek around the corners a little bit yeah. more. And it's so interesting because even though the transporter room is boring in, in a lot of ways, it's like one of the most important rooms that we see in Star Trek all the time. Mm. It's like the, this this hub of activity of coming and going and you never know what's going to be there. Like someone beams over and they're, they're going to shoot each other instantly. There's yeah. always this like little drama that happens here. How little has changed in this room over the years? Like this transporter room setup is so oh. Starfleet standard. It, they didn't really reinvent it. Too no. much. There's the little. There's a place where the guy stands to do the thing. There's a little pod where they jump in, jump out. But it still felt. Uh, it's, it felt so familiar. Like every really bridge did. feels familiar in some ways, and new and fresh in others. But the transporter room doesn't change too much, does it? And, and I remember reading an article like a couple months back when they were releasing some images of season three, and one of them was of the transporter room on the. T- and they were just like, "Oh, hey, it hasn't changed much in twenty years." And I'm sure it was it was either Dave Blass or Terry Metalis that was like, "Yeah, it's a transporter room. They it looks fucking great. Like th- this this design is beautiful. Why would we change it? Like it's oh, already yeah. great. Let's just make it a bit darker." Um, yeah, it's they're really it's making it the hero right now. Whereas the first episode, we're like, "Okay, are you the villain?" Because it looks like a darker Starfleet. This mm. one's we're seeing the inside, and we get to see. The cool fucking moment where they break the tractor beam of of the bad guy's ship and just goes shink and it just like like a knife through butter, just like I don't think so, buddy. And it was pretty fucking cool looking. I mean I loved it. I love a sudden like it was telegraphed as heck because Riker's just like, We've got something on sensors. What the hell is that? Boom. I was like, Deus Ex Titaner. Um (laughs) (laughs) I love but I love the moment. You gotta love it. Um, I don't have much else. Love Wolf. Um, I love Beverly coming to the bridge. I really like Jack. I like I like Shaw. I, I like Seven like of Nine as less. well. Yeah, I do like Seven, seven of Nine. She's has an great. interesting position here. She seems to be both excited about being demoted and booted, and also annoyed as as I say, like they, when she, so, you know, she, mm, what's it called? Like she's insubordinate, so she's. 
removed of her rank in this episode. But uh, before, relieved of her duty. Relieved of duty. But before she is officially relieved of duty, she's in trouble like multiple times. So she is pushing and Shaw is kind of still giving her a little bit of room, but then she's pushing. And there's this moment where she pushes and she said, Captain, you can you can be the captain who lets two legends die or the hero that saved the heroes. And I thought that was a good, like her coming in and pushing again, going, hey, you can do something right now and be seen as this. So I feel like she's kind of delivering what she needs to be delivering. Um, I love to see her push in on shore. Like, I, yeah. Because again, that's what a first officer should do. You she's don't like a thorn want in his side. Yeah. You want to <laughs> yeah. be somebody that's giving you the alternate arguments. Um, but yeah, you could argue she's maybe taking it too far. But um, <laughs> no, I agree. I, I hope we get some more of that, to be honest. Yeah, I, I liked that. I liked that we had that. Uh, something else I just remember that I liked too was uh, at the beginning when there was like a little puzzle of how they're going to survive on this dying ship when the Titan wasn't showing up. And they used the uh, dampeners to not be able to be beamed off of the mm, ship. Yeah. But then whenever the Titan shows up, they couldn't beam them off because of the dampeners. So they yeah. had to kill the dampeners. I thought that was kind of a neat way of showing that they like had a little puzzle that they figured out yeah. how to do. And then they had to undo their puzzle uh, and nice get to builder. see using the phaser. Yeah, it yeah. was really kind of like a, wait, why isn't that working? Oh, right. We just did this oh, thing shit. over here. <laughs> We're the reason that isn't working. Fuck. Yeah, so yeah. I thought that was kind of clever. Like um, you're on the phone to IT support and realize that you haven't plugged the <laughs> Ethernet cable back in. I was like, oh, this is on me. I'm sorry. Oh, shit. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I just realized that I have another Shaw one, but I'm going to make it my outro today. So nice. I won't say it now. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I have another moment that I like to do it. That moment whenever the. So they, they're all beamed over to the Titan and they walk onto the bridge. And the ensign turns, I was like, Captain. And they're all like, yes. <laughs> all four of them. There's like, there's Riker. Now, I don't know if it's, four. yeah, it's Riker, Picard, and uh, Shaw all say yes. <laughs> ah, really? Uh, That's always yeah. a funny moment. That's it was been, just really funny. It's such a good Star Trek moment. Um, right. And that's, I could gush more. Really like this episode. Gives me hope yeah. for next week. Oh, just the ending. The cliffhanger ending is great. We've got a classic. Yeah. Let's go into the nebula. Like, they are just these nerds that are making this show are just drip feeding us Star Trek tropes that we love. We love a good battle in a nebula. Some of the most iconic stuff has happened in nebulas. So it just and it's such a like a cheeky way to like guarantee you've got a strong open to episode three because you've got the Shrike chasing after the Titan in a nebula. Of course, you're going to have a great open to that episode. Um, so, yeah, I yeah. I, I'm all here for it. I love it. Hmm. The only, the last thing before we go on to our sins, I must say, is I really enjoyed Picard. I really enjoyed this the moment when he was sitting in front of Jack on the brig. Mm. I mentioned the emotions that he had as he was trying to figure out if Jack is his son. I don't know. There's something about the way that Patrick Stewart just still gives it everything he's got. And there's this moment when he's just like really emphatically saying like, I am trying to do something for you here. Mm. And his voice, his elderly, you know, yeah. chords are crackling and his eyes are crinkly, but he's still like just bringing this character to life. And I was just thinking like, it's just so awesome to see this person choose to spend the time to put the last bits of his energy that he has on this planet mm. into giving us good scenes to chew yeah. up and even though he's not given all of the lines 
he's given enough, not only to remind us who his character is, but to give him even more depth. And it doesn't work if Patrick isn't there for it. And he mm-hmm. is. And there's he's just so these present. like, yeah. there's these times when he shines. And for me, that was the big moment. And of course, the emotion of realizing that that was his son. That was mm. such a pivotal thing that I want to watch again. But I was just, I was, I had chills. And it wasn't like it was the most amazing lines or anything. It was just like recognizing what this person that's a yeah. real person on our real, like living in our yeah. real universe is choosing to do for us. And I don't know, I just really appreciated that because I love Picard, the character, and I think he's still doing him the greatest service by showing that he's so dedicated to figuring out this problem. He's like, I've only got 13 minutes, so I've got a problem to solve. And I'm like, that's how Picard would do that. He'd, you know, he's gonna gonna fucking get it done. Yeah, Yeah. so anyway, I really, ugh. No, I totally agree that the passionate delivery. (laughs) I wanna cry a bit, honestly. The passionate delivery behind his lines is incredible. Oh. It's so, so good. Um, he's, a, he's a great actor. And it, it shows you how much the role of Picard means to him. And he said that, yeah, it's changed his life. And he's had ups and downs with it. But this is, his, this is what he's choosing to come back to and give one last story to. So, yeah, totally oh. on board with you. And I think it's great. <laughs> and I love that we've got a Sun storyline going on. I cannot wait to see what Beverly and Picard talk talk about next week. I can't help but like it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure that we were watching season one, we were like, Picard doesn't need a son. That's not like him. You know, like we were really on it. And now we're like, he's got a son. son. (laughs) Okay, well, I, I, that's pretty much everything I've got. Are we time to send some stuff? Let's do it. Are we doing it? Let's do it. Um, We'll catch you over in uh, engineering. Good luck, everyone. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we head to engineering and re-engage our sin brains to remind ourselves that no TV show is without sin. Even our beloved Star Trek ambassador. Kick us off. Mm, Honestly, this is going to be pretty short. I haven't got much. Okay, okay. Um, there's a few things I think that I would sin. Like, I just, Seven has already shown so much of her, like, breaking the rules that when we see her on the bridge early on, I'm like, how is she still on the bridge? My very first instinct was, why isn't she, I don't know, Yeah, I thought she was already relieved. Like, already (laughs) should be in her quarters or something. And then she's like carrying on and she's still in charge and she's giving orders as well. Yeah. I got a little bit lost about where she is. They dissolve it, but I feel like the sin here is that Shaw allowed her to be on the bridge in the first place. It just seems like he Mm. is the kind of character who would have no room for like second chances in a way. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But we might learn more about Shaw and her as time goes on because he does seem to have a pretty long list. Like he he lets her do a lot more before he eventually relieves her of duty. So Mm. So I kind of had that one written down. That that great quote. Um, It's another one that he says. And um, she's like, well done, Seven. You just loyaltyed your way out of a career. I was like, I love it when we verb things that aren't verbs. 
<laughs> it's so great. Yeah, he's great. Just really great writing. Well, on the Sean and Sean, that was weird, Sean of Nine. Shaw. On the Shaw and Seven of Nine, as I, I mentioned earlier, there was one argument that didn't ring true with his character, and I'm happy to be disproven and open to debate this completely, but Seven's argument didn't do it for me. So when he when when she says you've got a chance to be the hero and rescue these two other heroes, or basically you can be a coward and let them die, and then she leaves. This works. And it works because we need to push the story along, and it works because it's powerful when Seven said it, and then she leaves. But that's nothing he doesn't know. He's had that shoved down his throat by Seven multiple times, that these are heroes, these are Mm -hmm. good people, and suddenly he swoops in to rescue them. Like, I don't know what changed. Like, what made Shaw decide I'm going to go and rescue them? This is still the same yeah. argument of, yeah, these two heroes that got themselves into this mess, I'm not going to risk my 500 crew to go and save them. Is it? And if it's just the fact that it's his conscience that he can't live with the fact that he let them die, I want to hear that. And I, 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 I didn't get it. I didn't feel like he was convinced other than we need a surprise arrival of the Titan. And just, that's the only bit that didn't ring truth. Yeah, I can see that. Like, it's, it's they can't have it all the different ways, but Shaw is mm-hmm. a confusing character right now. Like, what yeah. is his motivation? And I hope that they continue to show us more so that by the end of the season, we're like, oh, that's why he was this wishy-washy. Sense, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it is an instability thing. Maybe deep down he wants to be a hero and there's a reason that he plays it safe. Because he is like heavily, heavily playing it safe at every point until it gets to the crunch time and then he takes the risks so i feel like maybe we're gonna learn that he took a risk that didn't pay off and that's why he now plays it safe that would that would i I will revert this sin if that happens to be the case yeah i agree with you i don't think it was quite earned but like they're obviously trying to do a lot in this episode and Mm, i think most of it works so yeah no i agree um i don't know that whole entire building the starfleet recruitment thing only 117 people died and i just like can't we said, help they're all on lunch i i know that it sounds super shady for me that doesn't seem like enough because that building it's a was lot of numbers, so but still, big it's huge. and i was like uh-huh. there's got to be like five six there's gonna be thousands of people in there yeah. but 117 like that thing instantly fell through the ground and yeah. then fell from the sky everybody inside would be dead but then the only thing i can think of is that there are like protocol in place for like shields and stuff that maybe beam out yeah maybe something happened and and then i'm like okay 117 that's pretty fucking good you know so i feel like it it would have been better for us to see like 117 out of 5,000 died or something you know that kind of give us an understanding of how many were in that place yeah because it looked like a really big building uh, but I don't know if that's a sin as much as it was like, that doesn't seem like a lot of people. And scale and is that, tricky. And I feel bad it may not for be as saying big that. As we think. I get it because 10 people would be a lot. But yeah, it feels like it could have been that, more. That's not fun. Murder isn't great. I'm not, I, I don't it. want, you know. Yeah, okay, okay. I get it. I get it. Um, while we're on the, the refi end of the episode, mm-hmm. uh, this is one of those tropes that always gets me and I would sin the heck out of it. It's the I'm going to take drugs to prove that I'm a bad guy thing. It is terrible on it's a terrible bit of logic on all fronts now it is slightly redeemed because sneed already knows that she's bullshitting so making her take the drug is to 100 percent fuck with her because he already has the answer yeah but tv shows do this so so a lot. like mm-hmm. i'm gonna prove, prove that, that you're I'm bad, bad and sniff this cocaine and just as a drug lord just you sniff would it. Be don't like, snort it just sniff it just sniff it 
as a drug lord, like that doesn't prove shit. It just proves that they're willing to do whatever it takes. And it's never a good indicator of whether they're a bad person or not. And Rafi should know that as well. Like Rafi should know that Sneed is up to something because yeah, me taking the drug doesn't prove shit because you can like you're risking your life every day by going into Starfleet and doing things. Like this is another risk that you're taking. Um, so it always bugged me as a way of proving somebody's the bad guy, but it's kind of redeemed in this because Sneed knows what he's doing. But hmm. makes me question why Rafi is going along with it. Um, I also think I would send like so when Seven goes in to talk to Shaw and she's like, "You could be the one that rescues them." They don't even hmm. know that they're still alive, right? Um, I think they do. I think they're detecting life signs. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I was confused unwell. about that. Yeah. Okay. No, they know they're alive. They know that they're. I'm like, they could probably they could be dead. They could be dead. Yeah. But okay. Uh, well, that's then. I'll, then I'll skip that one since that uh-huh. one was rejected. Uh, rejected. Rejected. Oh Give shit. Um. Yeah. Gnid. Uh. There is a moment when they're uh, Picard and Riker and Jack are about to be boarded and they kind of get that little explodey ball. I don't know what it's called. Phaser bomb. I don't know. And yeah, a little grenade thing. Riker like chucks it around the corner after they're boarded and then blows up the bad guys. The bad guys beam in and immediately start shooting at Riker. How do they know that's not Jack? Because they very clearly want to take him alive. So I didn't like that. Like that could have been anybody Mm, and they're just shooting before even. Maybe they're on stun settings, perhaps, possible. But there is the whole, ah man, that is one thing that bugged me. The whole logic behind that battle and Picard is just like, we're at a stalemate. You're not at a fucking stalemate, my friend. Not even close. They have all of the cards. Like, just because you've got the shields up and the transporter buffers, they will just keep sending people in. Like, this is not a stalemate. You at best have delayed them a little bit. And then, obviously, it's immediately just proven with the tractor beam that comes on. It's just, it's dumb that Picard, the brilliant tactician, ever thought, it's a draw. I was like, yeah, it's really not. Sorry, buddy. Not even, not even close to being a draw. Um, But also in that, um, kind of towards the end of that scene, the transporter inhibitors are so perfectly timed, not just perfectly timed to prevent the transporter beam from happening, but perfectly timed to let enough of the transporter beam get through to let us know that they want Jack and not all three of them. So it's like just transporter inhibitor ex machina and also expositional transport inhibitor because he turns it on and they attempt to make a lock and then the lock gets broken. Like, if he turns them on sooner, it doesn't work at all. Um, and it, it was just like, yeah, this was convenient. Yeah, it sure just was. Just enough to give us some plot. Um, I kind of also want to send that moment when Jack just goes over and smacks the side of Beverly's uh, savior pod and it pops back on. <laughs> I this just works. thought that was really funny. Just <laughs> kinetic adjustment. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how you get, like, a pinball machine to come back on that was, like, built in the 80s or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> or you, like, smack... I just thought that was really funny. Stop hitting the thing that's keeping your mother alive, please. I mean, it was turned off and it turns back yeah. on, so it, it definitely works in the right way, but it's like, this works. I just thought that would that, be kind of funny. Uh-huh. It does. Um, let's, let's do it. You could have immediately proved that Jack is her son with a DNA scan. We've seen it done before. Mm. We've seen it done again. It takes minutes. Prove it. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't is get it. Is there something about consent, though? Like, Beverly's unconscious. Can we take her DNA, you know, ethically? I don't they know. They already have her but, DNA. You just need to scan Jack. Just get Jack's Jack permission. Jack and Picard are there. Super just like... A little yeah. It's just, it's because we that want the a, reveal at the end. That's all. That was a very Star Trek sound that I just made. Did you hear that? I did. What a what an easy sin to reach for. The uh, bad guy is smoking 
in a same oh my cliche. Goodness. We could very we, easily do that one. Smoking smoking's still a thing in the future, <laughs> and the bad guys have mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah. Immediate fog machine. Um, Immediate yeah, fog I've machine. Seen seen this before. I'll seen it again. I'll seen it every time it happens. Why are we waiting for human reflexes to evade the ship that's being thrown at us? Yeah, she's just like, like typing so fast. Automatic. Just automatic. as soon as this happens, shields. Why aren't the shields already up? Shields should already be up. Evasive maneuvers at the ready. We should not be waiting for sure to be like shields up, evasive maneuvers, and then the person has to hear that. Think about the evasive maneuver. Put the shields up. Bam! Sorry, you've already been hit by a ship. That shit at this point should be automated. Jumping to warp nine is now automated. Seven said it in episode one, and yet you being defended is not automated. It's just garg. Yeah. But I get it. I also wouldn't want the episode without it, <laughs> to be clear. I love Shields Up Evasive Maneuvers. I never want it to go away, but I will always sin it. What's another one? What's another one? I, I guess maybe the... Oi! Starfleet, what's the power level of this... <laughs> You've got to tell me because that's what the law says. And it's exactly the information I need. And apparently I, I wasn't yeah. searched. Yeah. No one emptied I mean, my pockets. Listen, that was pretty fun to watch. Not going to yeah. lie. Loved it. He's Bump clearly very good at just getting out of problems, which they need to show. They need to show us that he can escape because he's very clever. But like, oi, Starfleet. <laughs> yeah. Oi, get over here. Um, this is a really nitpicky sin, but no, last time on Star Trek Picard, I wanted the compute a computer voice saying last time on Star Trek The Next Generation for the previously mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Uh question. This might not be a sin, but just I guess a question that could be a sin is why not warp away? Is it because of the nebulous that they can't warp at the end? Um I think He warped I, I in to yeah, break I, the beam. I don't think it's because of the nebula. I think it's because they can't outrun the ship. I'm pretty sure it's because they can't outrun the Shrike. Okay. But the nebula will mess with, will put them both in. It's the classic thing from the Wrath of Khan. They right. go into the nebula so that they're both Got blind, it. so they're on a level playing field. Okay. Okay. The Enterprise right. remains concealed in the dust cloud. Um, honestly, that's it. I said what I wanted to say about the, pull, the emotional stuff and Rafi kind of getting me a little bit, but... Um, over, I think this is a well, well, again, another well-plotted, well-paced episode, giving us what we want, setting up the story with lots of ex- for episode three as well. This is two out of two. This is, I mean, episode three is when Picard season two went sideways and then stayed sideways uh... until episode nine. So we'll see. Episode three and four is where things can get ropey. So we will see. Ready for some predictions? Or have you got any more sins? I don't have any more. Pro- I don't have anything else. No. Excellent. Okay. With that, let's head over to the captain's ready room. Welcome to the captain's ready room, where we hear our predictions for the rest of the season and bask in our Q-like glory. Should anything we have predicted come true? Worf nailed it. Picard's <laughs> son nailed it. So far, my <laughs> predictions have been pretty good. Um, yeah. Let's quickly have a look at what we said last week. Um, I said Captain Shaw will be ordered to work with Picard and Beverly. That hasn't happened yet. Ian thinks that the Zatvash are still in Starfleet. They are still spies. Not confirmed yet. Danae thinks that Starfleet will completely collapse, so it's just down to the Titan. Hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Um, Beverly's son is a clone or an android. 90% sure that's not right. That's, that's probably not, not right. Probably we can kill that it. one. Probably yeah. not it. We, we'll, yeah. I'm going to keep it there, but we're kind of really sceptical. 
And yeah, we did predict that Wolf was the handler and Picard. Uh, Jack is Picard's son. Anything you want to add this week? I have one big prediction that I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out there. Ooh, I mean, is there a situation where Beverly and Picard go off into the sunset now? No, not a chance. Okay, Laris. Well, I'm just Dick Moo. Dick Moo. I think they'll always be close. They'll always have Paris, but <laughs> just I think they're okay. Man, I feel like if we were really, really cautious, we could go through episode one and two and kind of write down these different things that are happening from Rafi and then figure out some predictions for like who the big bads are working for and things like that. Like they're clearly we could probably go, okay, this is the big bad, you know, um, behind the scenes. I mean, are we seeing that the captain uh, V, whatever, Vidic is is the big bad or is there somebody behind that person that's giving it seems like somebody in starfleet it seems like they're going to probably have to just squeeze the pus out of starfleet a little bit Mm -hmm. um i don't know another shout out to the romulans um that romulan terrorist um and then just the romulans in general doing shady things yeah and then we have uh laris going back to something where she was going somewhere in the first episode, oh, right? She's yeah, about- Laris is going to like a colony somewhere to do yeah. some work. I think she's doing basically charity work, I think, or like missionary work or something. Yeah. I think she's helping a Romulan colony. Maybe maybe they uh, end up having to go there to figure some stuff out and talk to Laris because she knows some people. Could be an interesting thing to, to kind of get I'd everybody love to loop her get back, in. back together. That'd Me too. I think she's wasted if she's not on screen. Get her. Uh, my big prediction, here we go, and I'm going to lean on a trope. Vadik is going to kill somebody we love. Shaw. I'm not even going to predict that it's Shaw. It's Shaw. I, I think it is. I think it is as well. It's, it's Shaw, Shaw or Seven of Nine. One of the two. Uh, no. She is going to kill somebody in episode four or five. And that Bye, is going to like push. Shut up. <laughs> it's going to push her into the level of uber villain. And because at the minute we have stories and we have sinister stuff. She's yet to do something to our people that makes us really, really despise her. She's got to, if we're going to have a big punchy ending, she's got to do something pretty abhorrent. And I think she's going to kill somebody we like. I think it's seven of nine. Yeah. She's going to get someone, someone's going to die. And I think it's not going to be a attack the Titan and her attack on Titan. Um, it's not going to be attack the Titan and then somebody dies. It's going to be beamed into space or at her hand. It's brutal. Mur- it's going to be a brutal yeah. murder. And and um, if it's not, then it's doing that character a disservice that they just built up so oh, high. Yeah. Um, no, I mean if if it is Shaw, then that becomes Seven's ship. Right. It kind of does. What if? I mean, I'm going to dip into. I know we don't mention the chat in the show, but the chat is screaming at us, Beverly, that she's going to kill Beverly. Kills Beverly. Because then that weaponizes Picard and it weaponizes Jack. And it unites them together. I, I hope not. I hope not. But again, makes sense. I don't know. It could happen. I mean, she if... would very easily take Beverly to get to Jack, right? And then she'd kill Beverly because she's not Oh, and Beverly Jack. would sacrifice herself. But we need to understand the importance of Jack and why so many people want Jack. What yeah. does he have? What does he know that is so important that he is brought in alive somewhere. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, he's and he's con- he seems to be confused about what that is. Is it something to do with his DNA? Is it something to do with something he stole one time and hid somewhere? Like we don't know. We don't know what's going on just yet. Mm. But yeah, I can easily see Beverly being somebody who dies. I think that would suck because we just got her back. 
And I think that it would be like a little sucky thing that they would do is to bring her in and then murder her. Like that seems sucky. Murder. Murder. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, I I also want to say that um, please stick around for the outtakes for today's show because I want to read some of the chat's (laughs) predictions uh, because there are some fun ones. Fucking insane predictions. I love them. I love it so much. Um, yeah, I think it's it's very possible. Um, don't, don't kill Shaw. <laughs> oh, he's fucking dead, no, dude. You not. know he's dead. Oh, he sure no, he is. He's no. a character you love to hate. It's an oh. easy one to kick. Oh, it's an it easy is. one to kick. You're going to hate him. You're going to start loving him. And then they're going to kill him. All right. That's me done. I'm out. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. We Wait, adore- I didn't tell you my big one. Oh, you ha- I thought you were done. Sorry. Give, give it. No, give I it. have a big prediction. Because I think... I think that Laura's behind it all. <gasps> I my goodness, I totally forgot Laura was the thing. I totally forgot Laura is going to be in this series. This is how sucked into the moment I am. Um, well, we know we know we've seen some shit in the previews. Yeah. So again, we're tainted. We are. But 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 I mean, how interesting would that be that maybe the person that knows a lot about Starfleet somehow so, is an android? Law the reason I'm hesitant about that is because we know that Law's body is at the Daystrom Institute. So based on what Raffi said about the Daystrom Institute, he is probably one of the things that's been stolen from there. So I'm interested to know if the person that hired Vadik to get Jack is also the person that's stealing that. I still feel like there is a person that we don't know. There is another villain we don't know. That has got the portal weapon, is going to get Law, has hired Vadic to get Jack. Is there another person that is the one that's pulling all of this together? And is that going to be somebody from the past that we know that hasn't been in any of the trailers? That is nothing that we know about. Is this ace in the in the deck that is somebody from the past that is going to be the one that's pulling all of the strings that makes us go, what the fuck? And Vadic is just this big red herring. Big prediction, maybe. Um, it's it's Agnes. It's Borg Queen too. Hell, man! I mean, let's do it. Let's fucking right, do it. Let's fucking go. We're running out of bad guys. It's not Q. It's probably not the Borg Queen. There isn't really a big Romulan other than Tomalock, but he's probably not going to be it. I don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Big things. I mean, big things. Moriarty. Big money, no whammies. Mentioning in the chat. We saw it's not Moriarty, Moriarty in the so, previews. Okay. Sorry, everybody. I it's wasn't Moriarty say this. who is inside the computer system who was taken out and is somewhere else, but maybe he got plugged back in. We don't know. If Law is at the Daystrom Institute, I guarantee Moriarty is there as well, and he mm-hmm. has been stolen. So I wasn't going to say Moriarty it, but I think stolen. Moriarty's been stolen ooh, as well. Ooh, so we've got Lore and Moriarty have been stolen. Oh my God, this is going to be such a fun season. Okay, okay, It okay. really is. So much shit's happening. I love it. Right, okay. We love you guys. You're all of the best. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening every week. Join us in the live show, Friday, 12.30ish, all of that stuff. Um, thanks for <laughs> listening. And until next week, I am immunocompromised to bureaucracy. <laughs> and I'm going to pretend that Jarless Carvel's quote this week is that the ship is basically a hotel now. We're just basically a hotel. <laughs> the ship is basically a hotel now. I love it. And live long and possible. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. It's fine. He can't smell my breath 
on a video. Like I don't need to go brush my teeth, even though I smell like coffee, thick, strong, no sugar, probably should be regulated coffee. It's fine. I'm fine. Look at look what happened when I took look my clip it. out of my hair. What is going look, on right now? You look like one like of I've the swallowed a, like, a wave. Yeah, like one of the medical officers from the original series, because they would always have like immensely quaffed and like wavy, incredible hair. It's very <gasps> coffee. I was just talking about drinking coffee. You want some coffee? Oh, I've had gonna, plenty of coffee. You're gonna go outside and get some coffee from the store. This is probably for the best. I decided to take a really long shower today instead of mm. the just super jump in important bits jump out, you know, like actually <laughs> tell us more <laughs> about what the nose behind the ear. What kind yeah. of what what exactly means important bits? The parts that if they begin to uh, smell like... uh -huh, the yep. people close to you learn more about you than you're mm -hmm. ready for them to learn about you my counterpoint is that if they are that close to you they are too close <laughs> if you're close enough to smell me you are in my personal bubble that's a you problem you shouldn't be right. violating my space right and i don't get to the point where like if you're in the same room like you're 10 feet away you smell me that's yeah. the goal right yeah. if you can like, smell me from your house then i need to shower <laughs> right no, we're not talking Don't, about we're that. We're not doing that. You're not okay. putting that in. We'll cut it off. Okay. You're cutting that out. That is not an outtake, Ian. Ian, so this is not an outtake. No, no, no. Ian, I'll put this no, in so that nobody no. will know what we've taken out. Yeah, there we go. No, we'll just no. assume the worst. It, it, it <laughs> is the, the worst. It's not the worst. You could have said I mean, far it, worse. What, what's it? What's it? What's it for? I'm trying to remember. There was doing? something I was going to tell you, and it's just escaped my brain. Is it about my accent? Nope. Is it about. Our friendship. Yes. We need to Shit. talk. Bollocks. Fuck. Wank. Tits. Um, so Josh just messaged saying, um, Ian, I got Mrs. Zero now listening to Captain's Pod. I know it's silly and fully understand if the answer is no, because then everyone would want to do it. But hey, if you could give her a shout out on the pod, I would be forever delighted. Can be sincere, can be silly, can be ridiculous. Whatever you may choose. No silliness. No, no silliness is too silly. No compliment is too sappy. Rag on me if you want. She won't hear it until the episode drops on Wednesday anyway. It's still good news that I thought I'd share that so I, that I got an initiate, initiate into Captain's Pod. Well, Mrs. Zero, um, Mrs. Josh Zero, um, your husband is a terrible person for liking Captain Kirk. Oh my Kirk. God, Ian, shut your mouth. He likes Captain Kirk. Like, what's it like being somebody that likes Captain Kirk? Just imagine Listen, she's I think like just we should focus more on the into... fact. Sorry, focus on the good thing. Go for it, Ambassador. Clearly, we have a new competition for initiation. You know, Josh Zero is in the lead, having now officially claimed Mrs. Zero. And, you know, you listening at home obviously are thinking, wait, I have seven friends that I am invited to listen. Well, we don't know that. Claim so them. you need to do the same thing that Josh Zero is doing right now. So this very, very nice plug has turned into an advertisement. Great. <laughs> when you say very very nice plug you literally called josh zero a dick yeah but his wife is nice i'm sure we should have to be to put up with josh hi mrs zero i wanted to say hello mrs zero Go would on. you like a bowl of noodles <laughs> 
you know in that meeting yesterday when we was like the little I just lit for the emoji it was like a little bowl of noodles and I was like, do the voice noodles. do the voice I wanted to so bad we're in a professional meeting and you drop bowl of noodles and all I can think is like yep. don't say it Danae don't say it here's don't the emoji do it, we need to do a little bowl of noodles as the emoji do it my little tiny bowl of noodles I've just been in this emoji. trash bin for so long I'm all alone <laughs> bowl of noodles. Nobody will open this bin anymore. Be here mm. and they turn into mouldy noodles. Not until you see like a little Twix nose or Reese's nose just kind of like peek in and try to nab at it. And that's when I strum. Ah. Man, Frackle Rock is fucking freaky. Have oh, you it's, watched it's it in terrifying. your adult life? I No, just the opening sequence I have because I love that song, but even the opening sequence is fucking terrifying. So I decided to like watch this with Iris thinking that we would have this cool like, hey, here's something I loved when I was a kid. No, 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 no. And I am instantly teleported back to they just build the suspension and they use the music so intelligently. And it's so scary. And Iris is just like, "Ah!" what are you showing me, mother? She does not like it. She's not interested in it. And I totally understand. Tell us about your new mics, your new mic arm thing, because you got a, you finally, you finally got a replacement for it. Ian, you finally. know this story. You know where this is going, and you're yes, setting me up. Yes, I am. Okay, so listen. Here's what happened. So this little section of the mic broke a long time ago, probably I'll just two years. The mic. Mm-hmm. And so my dad drilled a hole through it and added this little key thing here and just like cranked it in so i was like that's really nice of my dad it didn't crank it 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 fixed one of several problems but not the main one right because i can't actually like adjust it it just sort of hangs there limply right so that's when i got really smart and i just i use you know rubber bands to hang the microphone and be able to kind of shift it where i want it it works it does the thing I've had to replace their bands probably four or five times because they eventually lose their elasticity. So. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. You know, they're it cheap. Ma- it's fine. <laughs> makes, makes me think of the Titan. Like, that, I, that isn't a new Titan. Like, that is Riker's original Titan, but it's been refitted. So I'm like, it's a new ship because they've replaced the nacelles. They've replaced the hull. Most of the insides are different. And I'm like, it, is it really the same ship? So I decided I was going to just... I was going to go ahead and do it. Yeah, you know, pull the trigger. I got paid. I'm like, this is a good purchase. I'm going to do it. So I just went on to Amazon about it, and then it came in the mail, and it is the wrong one. Oh, no. It is far too big. Mm-hmm. So it can't. Now the problem is if I tried to use it, the microphone would just flop around. So Which is what you're, and, you've got now. Yeah, in a whole, whole hor- like a horrible way. Mm-hmm. So I have to send it back and get another one. But but honestly, I'm just like, well, maybe it's a sign I should just remain the derpy mic girl, you know? Derpy mic girl. And today I thought, and one of the benefits of having these is the fun music you get to play. But now my fun music isn't even fun anymore. It's just this derpy sort of <laughs> sad <laughs> rubber band sound. It used to actually sound like music. Yeah. Anyway. Like a hillbilly guitar. Um, can confirm. The chat thinks it's annoying. Uh, we do have one correction, which I'm going to put in the outtakes, not in the show, because fine. What? The 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 the, 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 <laughs> the LaForge that we see on the bridge, Aladra, is not actually LeVar Burton's daughter. I made a boo-boo. So that is oh. not his daughter, but Mika I was Burton wondering about that. Is. I didn't, I know that when we haven't seen her yet, 
No, we haven't seen her yet. So, sorry, the LaForge on the bridge is LaForge's daughter, but not LeVar Burton's real-world daughter, is what I'm right. getting okay. at. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. But that is his in-show daughter. So just clearing okay. that up. I apologise. Shall we um, start recording the show? I'm already recording. The actual show, you dick. You um, dick? Dick. Holy fucking shit, I fucking love this show. It's so fucking well written. Oh, oh wharf, 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 wharf. Yes! Let's go! Let's fucking go! Kill some people, Wolf! Let's go! Fuck them up! Oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> oh shit! Bye bye, Ferengi! Get it, Wolf! Okay, Handler. <laughs> oh my god. That was awesome. Commercial. I'm. Sh- that was fucking crazy yeah, was. cool. Sliced as soon as up. I saw the weapon come through the chest. Oh, I should save uh-huh. it for the show. I should save it for the show. I should save it for the show. I should save it for the show. I would have saved it for the show. Slab. 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 Oh, oh, Kyoto, I'm going to give the, uh, everybody listen up. Everybody listen. <laughs> you, can, you can talk, but you may not be responded to, so just, talk if you want to. You know. There needs to be someone that has a Twitter handle. Yeah. That's Jarless Carvel. And then, then the explanation is this did take a lot of imagination. That'd yes. be such a funny <laughs> the bio. account. That's a ma- and it's just a picture of Jack Crusher. <laughs> yes. Right, back to you guys. You're the best. Let's do some questions. Oh, man. We have Link. Still no Elnor. What the fuck? Still no Elnor. It's a big one. It's a big one. All right, here's one from Josh. Oh, I got it. Worf still holds a flame for Deanna Troy, who is in trouble because Riker isn't actually Riker. So... Like Dr. Nick says, he isn't working for Starfleet. He's investigating something strange in the neighborhood for Deanna. Does that break your brain, Captain? Riker isn't Riker. I mean, unless he's Thomas Riker, his evil, not e- uh, evilish transporter twin. It's possible, what? but that would be weird. Riker got duplicated in a transporter accident. And so his uh, duplicate is now off around. He was working with the Maquis. And now we don't really know. He was in prison. We're not too sure what? what he's doing, but his name's Thomas. This is, you're serious? Serious. Yeah, 100%. Real trick. Holy shit. Slab says, calling it now. Alexander shows up working for Worf at some point. I fucking hope so. I, possible. Yeah, sure. Why not? Zink says, interesting how Captain Honeybunny knows Picard is now synthetic. That can't be common knowledge. She knew that Picard was synthetic. She knew uh, Shaw's background. She knew... I mean, she knows all kinds of stuff. Obviously, she knows lots about Jack. I'm just, yeah, I'm wondering yeah, where no, she's I getting think, her information. I think this just le- links into her having access to something or someone. Like, maybe the person that is sending her works for Starfleet. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Evil Admiral from the past. Um, here's one from Josh. Oh, speaking of noises, dynamics, I was very impressed by the clicky language thing that she did last week. How the hell? That- oh, yeah, with aliens, yeah. <laughs> Wait, well, I can do it. I can't do it now. I'm trying. Growly. It's like a growly clicky noise. Yeah. Sorry, I don't have it. Scared it away, Joe. I, like the beloved Patrick Stewart, have aging vocal cords. I'm going to blame on my aging vocal cords. Got it. Ancient, ancient, withering vocal well, cords. Hold on here. Nope, nope, still Nope, good. nope. It's going de- rehydrate. Oh, that was pretty good. I did it. I did it. I don't have water, man. Well, I forgot water. There we God fucking go. Here's a fun one from Sarah for predictions. Jack Crusher's like, what, 20? I think he's going to end up dating Riker's daughter, and then Riker will say, <laughs> what are your intentions with my daughter? <laughs> yeah. 
I think so. I mean, but that's great because uh, that's a spoiler. Never mind. Never mind. Forget <gasps> I said anything. Spoiler. No, something I was about to say was a spoiler for an episode we may watch. So quit it. Not doing it. Oh yeah, Zink so said uh, referring to Worf. Presumably he was just hanging around in the system, ready to step in when it all went sideways. Like amazing how close at hand he was to Raffi to to kick all of the ass. Deus sex Worf enough. Deus ex Nick says, I'm calling I'm calling it now. Worf is also not working for Section 31. Raffi only thinks she's working for Starfleet. She's been working for Worf, who is in the private sector. So not working for Starfleet at all. And she's been double-crossed. That would be interesting. Very interesting. Lied to and betrayed. I like oh. that prediction. Worf is Fun. actually the big bad, and she's working for the conspiracy yes. leader center of the oh thing the goodness. whole time. The whole thing's a lie. How would a show about the Titan do? Like, what would it do? I think is Link's question. How would I think show... it would do well? I think it would do well. Um, I think you just—it's back to Star Trek: The Next Generation, but you're on a different ship. Um, beep, bop, beep, 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 beep. Well, who knows? Maybe this is setting up a new Enterprise show. Like, if we get the Enterprise F or J or whatever's coming, and maybe it sets up a new Enterprise show. Maybe, maybe Shaw gets promoted at the end to be captain of the new Enterprise. Josh says, could you imagine if there was a crew member who kept taking over the ship once a season, but is still a beloved character? Cough Data, Cough Cough Spock, and I'm going to add Cough Cough Ambassador. I didn't do anything! <laughs> make a pancakes, make a bacon pancakes, make a bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Make a pancakes, that's what I'm going to make, bacon pancakes. Do we have a clip of that? Let's, let's make it happen. Now. Hold on. Yeah, pancakes. We do love pancakes. My mum made me some incredible. They were better than my pancakes, Danae. They no, tasted better. No, stop it. No, I kid you not. They Don't were better. Be a dick. I was like, Quit oh, it. man. My no. mum makes good pancakes. No. So good. That's not true. So fucking good. I had four it's of not. them. It's not. You can't say that. Four. She had two pans on the go. Stop it. Incredible. So, Terry, thank you for listening to the show. He does we, not listen we... to the show. 